Take a second. First of all, hello everyone, and hello Alex, Andrew here. Hey, hi. Um, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I it still... is. It is not even the grease could keep us off the poles, man. Not even. It is. <laughs> it is the most exciting time I can ever remember to be a fan of all Philadelphia sports. It is just so incredibly exciting right now. That like, and, and and I put this on Facebook, we're the best sports city in the nation right now. There's not another sports city that is even coming close to what we're doing here in Philadelphia with our two beloved sports teams. I think it's I, just saw, I, I, I just saw that uh, the Phillies just set some sort of record um, sales and merchandise sold. Um, like the Phillies are on top of the sports world right now and it's... Obviously, that is all you can see and hear and smell and think about when when you're here in the Philadelphia area. It has been so much fun. Uh, if they don't get Tiesto and Callum, I don't know. I can't Callum. <laughs> what I can't think of his last name. But if they don't get some sort of pep rally situation oh, going, it it's has coming. to. It's it would be coming. such a missed opportunity. Like this song is from what is it, 2018, and it's a cover <laughs> on top of that. And right now, it's like. Is it number one on Spotify? Because I can't stop hearing it. Dude, so I did, I, we just went down to the Newtown Rally House really quick. My wife had to run to Ulta. And it is, what, Wednesday night at 6 p.m.? Line's almost out the door. They just have a table filled with nothing but merchandise. And I actually went into there to ask because I wanted one of those sick Philadelphia World Series hats that they had. I don't know what is going on with designs this year, but like sideline caps, World Series gear... Phil, uh, Eagle sideline caps, like A1 quality <laughs> product this year, sold out, completely sold out. All they had were just like these screen printed like Phillies and LCS champions. Like that's all they had there. Insane, dude. And it's just like a random day during the week. Like the city is just absolutely electric so, right now. It's you know, insane. I do have to give my two cents on this situation and I, and I would like your opinion on it. Sure. Um, obviously, it is it is not weird for a city to get excited about their sports team and and celebrate it. Um, I, I know Philadelphia is probably on a slightly heightened level when it comes to comes sure. to celebrating our sports teams. Sure. However, you have this Phillies team that I would bet eighty five. I don't. Know, I don't want to make up a, a huge number. I want to say a ton of people have kind of just recently gotten the Phillies fever and yeah. probably didn't watch much of them during the season. So here we are. We are kind of in a. You know, we, we're, we're kind of past COVID more or less. Like, I know we're not past it, past it. But in terms of getting back to our social lives, I think that we kind of are, are, are back into that again. And now you 
have a situation where I think it's really the first time that people have been able to cel- jointly celebrate something in such a long time that it's almost like we everybody in general has been so desperate for something to celebrate as as like as a group as a community and uh you know I think when you just add it being a Philadelphia sports team on top of that it just really like I said it 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 just heightens things but um do you think that because we've been in these covid times where we haven't seen it's things have just been different in general but now things are a little bit more normal but I I think I I have missed rejoicing with my friends and, and family and just like high-fiving and hugging random people because that was not okay for really the past three years. So Yeah, I, I think you have like two parts to your question there. I think you're asking about one, how do we address the 15% that, that do watch a lot of games and are really invested into it? But then also, how are we like adjusting to the new normal, right? So I, I, I think the first part uh, to your question is, is most people have an allegiance to a sports city because that's their hometown. That's where they grew up. And that's just what it is. If you could just pick sports teams every single season, then every year you'd be a Patriots fan or a Chiefs fan or whatever. But like when you've been here, your whole, it, it doesn't matter if you've been following your, your whole entire life. There is a, a nostalgia feeling about coming back home and your hometown doing something. I was in Charleston rooting for Philadelphia sports all the times, and I went to Philadelphia bars. And that's honestly, I would say my time in Charleston was probably when my fandom was at its peak because I was away from here. If my high school went on to go win a national championship, I would be down in Royersford right now celebrating in the stands with everybody. When Charleston had a attack on our city uh, in the in the Manuel AME Church, we all rejoice together as a city because that's what you do. You love places, you love things. A fan doesn't define you because you watch 162 games and you know every single player on a team. So to all the people that are just watching and are just watching the playoffs, awesome, good yeah. for you. Yeah. Our city's doing something great and you've never rooted for another team because you never had a reason to. So to anybody else that's saying we don't deserve this or our entire fan base is soft or they're, they're fair weather fans, then bring it on. It's about Philadelphia. It's about a feeling. It's about coming home. It's, 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 it has nothing to do with picking the best sports team every year because then there would be no such thing as fandom. Yeah, I, I do think that a lot of new Phillies fans are have been born like just just in the past two weeks. Um, I, I I feel like my mom used to even tell me like she uh, was living in New York in the 80s when the Mets went to the World Series. I don't know if they I I can't recall if they if they won. Um, No. Yeah, I think that was the one they won where the Red Sox, the the ball went under the Red Sox. They still had the curse and the Red Sox had the error. Uh, The ball went under the first baseman. Anywho, uh, my mom like loved Keith Hernandez. My mom like loved the Mets because of the memories that because she was in New York when that celebratory stuff was going on. Um, so now I feel like you have a lot of the similar type of mentality You have people that um, maybe didn't care too much about sports before. And now it just it really catches on like wildfire. And next thing you know, you're taking an Uber home from the bar and blasting, uh, dancing on my own, because that's literally <laughs> literally it's all you hear. It's the only thing you hear. So everybody has just latched onto it they they they've they found it and everybody is in this together it is an unlikely song it is an unlikely pump-up song but boy is it an anthem it i love it so much i think sense. it's great 
It makes so much sense. And, and you know what? The fact that that people don't like it, a lot of people don't like it, makes me love it even more. Who cares? That was our motto during the Super Bowl. No one likes us. Exactly. We don't care. If we're going to have a song about a guy crying in a corner because the girl he's after is getting mapped on by some other guy. That's not what we equate about. that, And we equate that to the World Series and everyone looking at all oh, these boy. other bright and shiny teams and not coming home with us. And so be it. Give it to us. It's give about it us. it's about not being given a chance and then saying, hey, that's fine if you don't want to give me a chance. I'm going to keep dancing on my own. I'm going to keep doing my thing over here, and I'm going to prove you wrong. Let's do it. That Then that's the Philadelphia mentality, bro. I love it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So I got, I got to say, Andrew, I have a confession to make. That Bryce Harper home run in the eighth inning got me so excited. I was running around my basement and I actually collapsed because I was so excited. I felt like you know you ever see those goats that when they get scared, they go all stiff and they like they fall over on the side. Like that was literally me. I don't think and and you know, as as far as I, I've probably watched like 90 to 100 games this year, like right up until football season, like I watched the Phillies almost every single night. Um, I was really, really, really into it. So um I think that that was probably the biggest baseball moment I can think of. I I had this debate with my friends a couple days ago, and I'm like, I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that that was the single biggest hit in Philly's history. Um, Couldn't agree more. And it's look like the Phillies have they have two World Series. They have 2008 and they have uh, 1980. So this never. I, I cannot think of a moment like this was a a a a series clincher this one hit we were down by a run this put us up one run where then the following half inning we were able to close it out to win the entire nlcs like the the state like the weight of that hit is just i'm still processing it like you're down. You if you lose that game, it's you have what to you go pretend back to, in the backyard, man. It's what you pretend when you're five years old in your backyard playing baseball. And the this moment. is a game. This is a game after he hits a double, and you see him get up on second base, and he says, "This is my house." Yes. And I'm telling you, after he hit that home run, Alex, I'm like, Bryce Harper, you are the baddest man yeah. I know. Like that. It's what's been frustrating about being like a Sixers fan. It's like we we want a killer, and it's like when you have one, it's just like we have you, you're ours, and it's so nice to just feel this confidence in you every time that you step up there. Uh, oh my god, it's yeah. this has been magic, man. It's been magic. Yeah. Well, I know we have a lot of football talk to get to, and that's the whole purpose of this football. podcast. But um, I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about some of these ticket prices, so. Um, if you were on the Phillies website over the last few days, you saw that there was a draw, uh, where essentially you could put your name into a raffle and you would be selected and you could buy tickets at face value. I got an email tonight that, that we didn't win. We actually have neighbors that did win. So right now I'm on StubHub and, and I want you to guess this, this answer, Andrew. So I'm on StubHub right now. I'm looking at home game one series three on Monday uh, with fees and everything included, standing room only tickets are like eight hundred and fifty dollars. Just to stand, you just, just to stand. You just said you. Just hold, said on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold oh. on, hold on. No, 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 no. Oh. The question's coming. Okay. And then on game four, where you could potentially be at the game, standing room only tickets are going for a thousand dollars. So, our neighbor has Sunday 
season tickets and I've had them for a while and they had the opportunity to buy World Series tickets at face value. So now knowing that the fees on this are with fees is like eight hundred to a thousand dollars, what is your guess on what face value is for a World Series ticket? And this is for which section particularly or I can't give you that, but let's just assume it's like that 200 right. second terrace in the outfield. Let's just assume it's like middle of the road, not quite nosebleeds, but certainly not like, you know, on like the third or first baseline, like right behind the dugout. I will throw out a uh, three grand. No face value for a single ticket. So the tickets are selling for 800 to a thousand dollars each. What is face value? So what are the Phillies actually selling them to you? They're significantly less than that. Right. Misunderstood the question. No, yeah. It's all Let, good. I'd like, I'd like a mulligan. You Thank got you. a mulligan. Thank you, you got a mulligan. You. We, could, you, we, could edit, we could edit this out, but we're not going to. But we could. We could. We do have the technology. No. And I also love when you ask me a question because your name's Alex, so it feels just so yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah, uh, what, um, what is um, – so those tickets would be – let's go with $550, Alex. 200 bucks. What in the heck? 200 bucks. It's reasonable. It's like actually pretty reasonable – to get tickets to the World Series. They sell for 200 bucks. And I'm a season ticket holder. When they sell you the tickets to go to the postseason, they don't mark them up either. It's the regular face value price that you'd be paying for your regular season games all year. But 200 bucks to get to a World Series game. It's wild to see how much they're marking up. So yeah, I I, I feel very stupid for saying $3,000 because I, I'm actually pretty well-versed with Phillies tickets. I've gone to... I've gone S- to some sounds games like this year. It, yeah. yeah, so I didn't yeah, yeah. Well, um that's embarrassing. Uh I guess it was maybe it was one of the Saturday night's game. Um Never mind. Let's move on. Let's just get into freaking football, man. I'm cuz I'm going to go off on tangents. I have baseball stories out the while. It's just too much. Let's get into football. Um huge news today. Huge pickup today. Why don't you tell the, the 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 listeners about how big this pickup was for Philadelphia today? A man by the name of Bobby Quinn. That's uh, <laughs> that's Robert Quinn. Uh, the Eagles traded a fourth round draft pick to acquire Robert Quinn, uh, defensive end. He's been in the league for quite some time. Um, looks like since about 2011. I definitely remember him from the days of being on the Rams. More recently on the Chicago Bears. Uh, Pro Bowler. Pro Bowler, dude. Okay. So you ha- you asked me some trivia. I'd like to return the favor a little bit. Oh God. Um, I know I know how much you love these. So I made a fool of myself. It's only right. Last season, Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks. That is that would be good enough for third all time for the Eagles in a single season. So only twice in Eagles history have we rec- has has somebody recorded more than 18 and a half sacks in a season. So my question for you, Alex, is I'm not even going to ask you who who those two players were. Since 2000, there have been four players who have recorded 12 or more sacks in a season. So since there's four of them, I hope you can give me two. It's not a layup. This is not an easy question. So do not you know feel bad if you don't know the answer. Uh, well, one of them has to be curse. Has to be. Incorrect. Incorrect. That recorded more than how many sacks? Twelve. Twelve. Um, you're just gonna have to give it to me. I don't know. All right, we'll take you through the list. So, in this player at 18 back in 2011, I'll see if I can give you some clues to see if you can remember who it is. He had a tribal tattoo. 
Um, he was a, a white man. Um, he couldn't tackle else uh, unless it was a sack, really. Um, You're just going to have to give yeah, it to me. You got it. <laughs> We're going so that, back pretty far here. That was Jason Babin back in 2011, yep. had 18. Um, Never would have guessed that. So Hugh Douglas had 15 in 2000. Connor Barwin, this one surprised me. Connor Barwin mm-hmm. had 14 and a half in 2014. And then Trent Cole had uh, multiple seasons, actually. He had 12 and a half in both 2007 and 2009. Uh, the most sacks all time in a single season was set by Reggie White in 1987. He had 21. And that was in, oh, wait, uh, yeah, 21. And that was in 12 games. So. Wow which is just absurd. And then uh, in 16 games, he ended up with like 18 or 19. So I don't know how his 12 game season ended up being the 21 sack season, but uh, I was not yet born. That was 1987. So um, just slightly missed. I'm actually trying to look up right now about how many sacks we had as a team last year. Um, Cause 18 and a half is significant, man. And I'm, I'm looking it up right now. So 2021 stats on profootballreference.com. Yeah, they don't they don't actually add up all the rows here. So it's a little bit difficult. I think I might have you here. Let's see. Um, so, yeah, we're at, seven, we're at 17 total so far this season. Uh, they had – the Eagles had 29, 29 total last year. Yeah, okay. So, so that's pretty wild. 18 and a half <laughs> Well, and no, and, that, and that's what my wife asked me. I was like, he had eight. I mean, he's only had one sack this year, though. It's a little bit concerning. So, you know, a Giants fan called that out to me tonight. I'm like, okay, I, I see that. But, but eight, I mean, he he's not hurt or anything. He's not like digress. I mean, it's, it's, he, he, here's the thing that Ian Rappaport said it's not even a huge need. We're just reloading and it's awesome for us and it makes our defense more stout. I like how it's going to be able to rotate some people in so we have fresh legs. You're going to see Jordan David. Like, that's going to benefit just the whole entire defensive line. So, huge fan, yeah. man. I, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's huge. I, I, think, I think that it's not, again, this really big sexy pick. I'm still kind of hoping to see Kareem Hunt come across the ticker. But um, love but the that's the thing. Man. Like, is Kareem Hunt just a sexy pickup because he's a running back, and so he has more of an opportunity? Dude, offense to flash? always gets all the praise in anything. I mean, on any team, it's always the quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, that's just how it is in in the NFL. It's an offensive league. You don't so, really you're, keep, like 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 only like football fans know who like Tyron Matthew is. You know what I mean? Like not like every casual observer, but any Philadelphia person could tell you who the quarterback and two wide receivers are for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just the way it goes. So your definition of a sexy pickup is a pickup where it is a player who is recognizable to maybe the more average sports fans because it's it's a name and that name might be known because of some flashy things that they've done in their career. Yeah, sexy, not by definition of need. Like, I think if we, I don't know, signs... Because I am hot for Robert Quinn. <laughs> I, I think I think if we signed Aaron Donald, I think that would be, in my opinion, a sexy pick. Oh, I the, feel like, like, the best defensive player in football? I Number one, number one player in football. I think... Thirty percent of Eagles fans wouldn't really think too much of it. Like, 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 just thirty percent of people that watch on Sunday maybe go once in a while. The, I, I, I don't think they would do that. Now, if we signed, let's just say Aaron Rodgers, 
think everyone would say that's a sexy pickup. But we don't need Aaron Rodgers. we got the best quarterback in football right now, Jalen Hurts. Oh, I can't. Sexy. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. But yeah, to wrap this up about Robert Quinn, uh, he's looking at his career, it has been very kind of confusing. So last year he had the 18 and a half. Uh, at the beginning of, of his career, he went 10 and a half, 19, 19, he had 19 in the season, Jeez, uh, and then 10 and a half again, um, then kind of was like five, four, eight and a half, had 11 and a half in 2019. Um, oh, he did play with Dallas. I guess he spent one year with Dallas. Um, anyway, yeah, cool. Uh, Great we'll, pickup, we'll, man. We'll, t- we'll take some scraps. Yeah, so this, this is awesome. I think um, this is when we signed Ryan Kerrigan last or the year, last year, or the year before, it, it it had the makings of this of of a very solid pickup because to your point, we have just a, add another guy that can get in the mix, keep the you know fresh legs, keep a keep an active pass rush. But Ryan Kerrigan never, you never heard his name, yeah. and now you have somebody who is a, a still has gas left in the tank. And he's going to add to what we already have with with Brandon Graham and and Josh Joshua yeah. Perspiration, yeah, and, and, and Andrew Reddick, yeah, yeah, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. If the season were to end tomorrow, we are still getting the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft, <laughs> and we have our first round pick next season. We are in for some exciting ass times, Philadelphia. Talk about sexy. we are in some. Yeah, you want to talk about sexy? We have the fourth overall pick right now. If this season were to end insane dude insane so, like you said we're, we're six and oh right now and we're looking at having just an absolute beautiful draft pick next year thank you saints but how about you just kind of fill us in a little bit on how did we get here we're six and oh give us a quick recap of weeks one through six and uh yeah just remind me remind me of, of, of why we're here yeah, well, and Andrew, I appreciate you you putting this together for me. So, so actually, anyone listening, Andrew, Andrew prepared this for us, um, color coded and everything. Yeah, so so interesting, interesting stat here. Um, when we actually add the the wins and losses aggregated across all of our teams, the the story is actually a little bit uh, better than I thought it was. So, week one, we defeated the Lions thirty eight thirty five. The Lions are now one in five. Week two, we took the Vikings in a very big win. Uh, that was a great game to attend. Uh, Vikings are five and one since then. Uh, well, they are they are now totally five and one. Eagles twenty four, Commanders eight, and another convincing win. Commanders are three and four to took down Pack, which was pretty uh, pretty. I don't even want to say I'm too totally surprised, but getting off getting on that later. Uh, Eagles 29, Jaguars 21, Jaguars are now 2-5, and five. Eagles 20, Cardinals 17, Cardinals are 3-4, and four. Eagles 26, Cowboys 17, Cowboys are 5-2, and two, which takes our total. The teams that we've played are combined 19-21, and 21, or 0.475, which essentially means we are playing teams that have a 47% chance of winning any given Sunday. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that seems pretty damn good to me because I remember the criticism last year is we're not playing against teams. We're not beating teams with over 500, but like really kind of what this shows here is uh, the the opponents kind of match up that well. That yeah, way. the the opponent's record is just just around 500, so slightly under 500. So I guess, you know, in a in a in a vacuum, I don't know if that's the right saying, but um you know, I, I think that we still have 
had a an easier than average schedule so far. So the Vikings, it's I love actually I love that the Vikings are five and one because that makes me feel so much better about where the Eagles are. So agreed. And that's the thing, like you know, we we look at at matchups like the Cardinals and we only beat them by three, and you know the Cardinals are three and four, and the Commanders are three and four. It's like we're a third of the way through the season. I think that there is a, there's still so much that we need to learn. And, you know, we, 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 I feel like we've talked about it every week, but you look at Tampa Bay and, and Green Bay and, you know, now both of those teams are coming off back to back weeks of losing to really, really bad teams. So, you know, really, I, 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 I kind of come back to this, this main point of there really not being too many good teams and I'm very curious to see how we do against those good teams. We've beaten the Vikings and we've beaten the Cowboys, two teams that are looking pretty good this year. So um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that we need to – I don't know. I, I don't know. That's kind of – that's yeah. all I got. No, I mean, I, I, I hear that. Uh, so why don't you actually take us through the remaining schedule and then the quarterbacks that are projected, the ones that should be playing because – I think this is also pretty close to what we've seen, you know, before the bye week. So why don't you kind of walk us through the remaining schedule? So even though our schedule is definitely on the easier side, um, it looks like the second half or or the rest of the season schedule um, record wise is going to be slightly more more difficult. So it looks like uh, over um, 50 percent winning. So so a 514 um, winning percentage here. So we have the Steelers this upcoming week. The Steelers are two and four. Not a good or easy matchup. Then we go uh, at the Texans. They're one, three and one. Not great. Uh, we got the commanders again, three and four. So a lot of teams under 500. Then we have the Colts. Finally, a 500 team. They're three, three and one. Uh, they now have a a new quarterback. They're going with Sam Ellinger. Wild. Um, I can't believe that. I can't believe they're benching Matt Ryan. That's insane. I mean, I can I can believe it, but I feel like you pick up a quarterback in the offseason season. You feel like he may be able to get you there, and then not even before halfway through the season, you bench him. That's like incredibly disrespectful. (laughs) But but it really is, man. Like you went out to hand pick this guy, Matt. Reich hand picked him and said, "This is the right guy we're going to put into here." And then he's benching him. Doesn't that that sound familiar? I mean, it's the same story as last year, almost. Well, I don't. Wentz actually didn't get no, benched. No, Wentz, just, Wentz finished the season and lost it and lost it on his own accord. And honestly, I don't. I think Wentz played way better than 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 he, Matt Ryan has. But he, I don't. Yeah. I I think it was. Oh, wh- wh- who was it, man? There was a time last year where was it? Was it? When, there was somebody that was just doing so bad, and we were like, "You should bench them." <laughs> I'm, and 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 I remember I got attacked because they're like it's disrespectful. This person's done so much for this franchise. I don't know if it was like Drew Brees or or somebody, but I'm like just just sit him. Like stop. Like stop going through this. Hmm. It was somebody I think that recently retired. Eli Manning. It was Eli Manning on like his last year, and I was like, dude, just bench Eli. Like this dude's trash. And then all the Giants fans in the area were like, that's disrespectful. That's this. That's that. He's done so much for this franchise. I'm like, well, he's losing you games. So yeah, do do you remember that when when that all went down? Because he was he was he was pooping the bed too. Yeah, exactly, and it yeah. and it makes you wonder if Matt Ryan was still with the Falcons, would they just leave him in there just out of respect? You know, but yeah, 
He, from what I understand, it's, you know, they're making the switch because they think that Sam Ellinger can make more happen with his legs. He can buy some more time scrambling. Look, I have, I know nothing about Sam Ellinger. He does with a name like Sam Ellinger. All I can do is, is judge and say, that does not sound like a good quarterback, but that's week 11 Lucas oil stadium. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And and just the, and just the rewind real quick. So Steelers, you have a rookie in, in Kenny Pickett. Then you have the Texans. Davis Mills at quarterback. Then we have the commanders. They just made, well, Carson Wentz is still quote unquote hurt. Um, but they have Taylor Heineke. I that's like starting Heineke. For them I right. actually like Heineke a lot. I do too. He's just, you know, he, he, he fits that Phil. Yeah. He's got that Fitzpatrick kind of, I like I think, Heineke. I think his favorite player of uh, ever is Brett Favre. And he does try to mirror just like, I, I don't love Brett Favre, the person, but he was a hell of a ball player. Yeah. Um, so Sam Ellinger, uh, for the Colts. So next we have, oh, finally, maybe a legit quarterback matchup. Uh, week 12 is against the Packers, who are three and four right now. Wild. I don't know. Andrew. So wild. So wild. Um, Rogers sold his soul. He sold his soul in the offseason. <laughs> Can they? No. They're playing Buffalo. They're, are they at Buffalo? I was I was thinking about, oh, there's no way. There's no yeah. way. There's no way they can win that. Uh, then you have Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, who are four and two, like the Titans four and two weird. Wow. I, um, week 14. Finally, finally we go against the giants. We can finally compare our, our teams to see what is actually going on here. Are the giants actually good? Um, that's followed by the bears who are two and four. And then we have the Cowboys who are five and two, the saints who are two and five. And I hope that they continue to lose because the more they lose, the better our draft yep. pick will be next season. Yeah. And then, you know what? Week 18, so we finished the season against the Giants, and it makes me really wonder if if there are going to be implications. If there's going to be implications, I don't think we are going to go undefeated. Like I, it is even though I think that we're better yeah. and probably favored in every single matchup, I feel like we are still there's. I don't know. I'm stuck on fourteen if, and three. If, if if PJ Walker can swish cheese up the Bucks defense, <laughs> like. There are trap games. Now, mind you, that's a divisional game. But I, I do think down the stretch here, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, you know, you can look at all the records all they want. We're, we're going to lose one of those games. And honestly, I don't want to head into the postseason. We talked about this actually in, in our group chat about like, I and, and you disagreed with me on this. I don't want to go undefeated. I want to lose to a bad team. So we tighten it up. And we talked, we, we debated this. And we talked about how how we've been ahead so much going into the half that we've played last. And I want to go into the half down. I want I want I want to go in where we're down the third quarter and we have to come back. And if that costs us a game, then it's something we work on. And iron sharpens iron, and it makes us come back a better team. Well, we- what we disagreed on was you thinking that the Eagles aren't equipped or or you're you're worried about the Eagles ability to come back so if the roles were reversed and if we were down in the second half as opposed to being up in the second half and playing with the lead which we which we've been doing the majority of the time so if we were say 14 down going into the second half you said you don't feel confident in the Eagles in that situation because it's situational awareness what have we done the last three weeks we played football we took the fourth quarter we slowed it down and we did what we needed to do to get the game done. In, well, in my opinion, it's all about how often are you in that situation? And even good teams like 
the Bills, and the, like they're not always playing by leads. The, the the Chiefs were getting smoked at the beginning of the game last week. So I just feel that I would actually want to see us in a really bad spot where we're down late in the game, two scores against a really bad team, and then see how Nick Sirianni adjusts to that because that will make us a better football team down the stretch. I don't want that first-time experience to be in the second-round playoff game after our first week bye. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think my point is it's just it's very difficult to compare what we've seen so far uh, to the dynamic of being going coming out of the half down because we just haven't seen this team operate. We have seen the Eagles come back down 14 nothing against the Jaguars and granted, in our highest was, scoring quarter of all season, though, in the second quarter. Of course, of course. We haven't we haven't had to do this in the third quarter yet. And you did. You made the point that in the th- our third quarter has been dreadful and a lot of that could be because, you know, we're we're playing with a lead and we're getting more conservative and we're kind of taking a foot off the gas pedal. But I think that it, you know, I can't just take that information and say I don't think the Eagles are equipped to come back because just because they haven't had to do that yet doesn't mean that they are unable because I think that they have all of the the pieces and the coaching to do it. So the, it's going to be very interesting when we're finally in that situation to see how the team responds. Yeah. And with your outlook, you're still saying 14 and three, you're not expecting us to go undefeated. You're not saying that this is going to be the normal every week. So you are expecting us to lose some games. Yeah. I'm expecting us to lose some games too. I'm still having a tough time thinking we're going to go more than 13 wins. Truthfully um, looking at the schedule and the way it's going and the way some of these Teams that we thought were difficult before the season started are kind of digressing. Um, but yeah, all, all I'm saying is, man, is I just want to equip our young head coach with as much situations as he's seen, put him in some really difficult positions to prepare us for when we do play these juggernauts in the in the postseason. So, yeah, you know, listen, I, I'm also all for us losing a game and these analysts stop putting all this pressure on us. Like, let's just do what we need to do and finish out the season. It's getting a little bit old, just, just seeing like post after post after post after post. And I'm happy it's my team, man, but it's but, just like, there's so much pressure that comes along. Hey with man, it. that's that exactly. You know, you, you look at LeBron, you look at just the, the Tom Brady, you look at people that no, are, you want them to lose. You, you become the villain when yeah. you are the, the last man standing and we're the last team standing undefeated. So right now we are, Enemy number one. Everyone everyone wants to see us lose other than, you know, other than us. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about enemy number uh, uh, one and two because the commanders aren't really enemies in, <laughs> as far as the season's concerned. Um, what about what about the opponent record that we have yes. here? So, um, you know, like we've been saying, the Giants right now are six and one. The Cowboys are five and two. Um, looking at their the teams that they've faced so far. You know, it's just it's weird. It's like the Giants in week two, they barely beat the Carolina Panthers 19 to 16. They barely beat Tennessee week one, 21 to 20. I don't know why I said week two before week one there, but uh, it doesn't matter. We don't have to do things in order. Um, you know, they they played Chicago uh, when they beat Green Bay. I think that we all thought it was a pretty impressive win, but it turns out that maybe it's not a very impressive win. I will say beating Baltimore, uh, Baltimore. I mean, they're four and three, but that's that's a good four and three. I mean, I still think that they're a scary team, even though they're not, I wouldn't put them on the bills or the chiefs level or the Eagles level for that matter. But I still think that that's a solid win. Um, So yeah, the only team that the giants have lost to oddly has been Dallas and they lost to Dallas with Cooper rush, a quarterback, which is just 
which is it's just interesting, man. Um, and these are all one possession scores in every single game. Every single game. Yeah. Every single and, game. And if you actually watched that win against Jacksonville, it came down to like the half yard line on the last play of the game. Trevor Lawrence threw it. And was it was it uh, the, the guy that you were complaining about anger or, or whatever it was? He, he couldn't get in. Um, but he, oh. he, he, he was he was half a yard short from 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 scoring a touchdown there. So like. Yes, they are six and one, but they're not they're not convincing wins. I mean, week one was one point. Week two was three points. Week four was was eight points. I mean, these are all one possession games. Right. And that was against Chicago, who's not a great team. Um, and then with the, what's interesting is actually so let's like jump. I want to jump right to this. So looking at points per game. So this this kind of helps um, kind of give the average oh, score go. of yep. what of what the games have been so far. So for the Eagles, uh, right now they rank number four in mm-hmm. points scored per game, and they also rank number four in points allowed per game. So um, they score just under 27 a game, and they give up 17 and a half. So significant. Look, looking at the Eagles season, the score has been about 27 to 17 Eagles. Yeah, and that's nine points. That's two possessions. That, that, that's, the, that's the big thing to notice there as well. It's impressive, yeah. And they beat, they beat the Vikings 24 to 7. They beat the Commanders 24 to 6 or 24 to 8. So they've definitely had convincing wins. Yeah. The Giants are right around the middle of the pack. They're number 18 in points scored per game. They're at 21.4, and they give up a little over 18. So their score... Four, four points right there. Not even, right? yeah. If, yeah, not if, even if three. It's like... Yeah. And then the Cowboys, um, they scored less than than both the Eagles and the Giants. They're number 22 in the league at 19 points a game. So they definitely have not been known for their offense. But, but their, their defense, defense. they mm-hmm. only let up 14.9, which is number two in the league. So their defense has really been what's keeping them alive. Um, so I thought that that was, that was definitely... Um, we put up 26 on them, bums. Right? <laughs> we put up 20. Well, that's we it. They 26. didn't give up... They didn't give the Cowboys had not let up 20 points in a single game until they faced the Eagles and the Eagles yeah, put up wow. 20 in the second quarter. 19, 17, 16, 10, 10, 26. Wow. Wild six against Detroit, which that game also was not a convincing win. D- Detroit made some fatal errors right there at the end. I was I was hoping to, to see that. I actually I didn't catch any of, of the Dallas game this past weekend. So if you have any tidbits for me, if you have any uh, insight you can share with how the Cowboys looked, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm I mean, all ears. I mean, listen, they, they they won. It's Dak Prescott's first game back, but we got a lot of grief for beating the Lions, and and even though the score wasn't so convincing, any Dallas fans that are probably not listening to this, I don't know why a Dallas fan would ever listen to this, but it was not a very convincing win. Um, the, the lions actually moved the ball pretty well. And then they fumbled the ball on the one yard line. And it was just like multiple small errors, Jared Goff doing Jared Goff things off another tip, another tip that Trayvon Diggs picked the ball hawk catching tips. Um, you know, so, so yeah, dude, dude. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was, that was pretty interesting. And then I, dude, I actually fell asleep for the, 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 the Pittsburgh game. So we should actually just use that as a segue to kind of get into, <laughs> you know, this week. Um, I love it. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to score a touchdown on us. Ooh, I love that. I, I, I like don't that think, I think it's going to be three to 24. Their offense is just so, so unexplosive. It is get the ball with Najee, throw five yards, see what we can do to get the first. The only person that scares me on that team 
It's not Chase Claypool. It's George Pickens. Oh, yeah. I think that dude is a stud athlete, but I think you can put him on CB2, James Bradbury, and I think it's a lock all game. I really think that they are going to struggle against us, especially with their new shiny object on the defense. I I, I feel like we will just be – I think that it's going to be one field goal for them, truthfully. And I predicted I, this as a loss at the beginning of the season, but I don't feel that way anymore. I I love that prediction. Um, I think I would feel I would I think I would feel more strongly about that if Trubisky was still the quarterback. But the rookie Kenny Kenny Pickens. Oh, by the way, let's let's try to get this. As sh- I need to do this for myself and also Dad. If you're listening, I know that this you'll never you're never going to get this. But the quarterback on Pittsburgh is Kenny Pickens. No, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, see? (laughs) So listen, listen, here's the best way to think about it. He already has a nickname in the league. It's Pickett. Pickett. Kenny Pickett. So Kenny's going to throw the ball, you're going to pick it. Because he's not playing that good. Kenny Pickett. Pickett. And then if you're a wide receiver, oh, I'm picking. I'm picking. Pickens. 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 I'm Pickens. Pickens and out of the air. Kenny, we're, do, we're doing hand signals right here to kind of get it. So Kenny Pickett, <laughs> you're gonna pick it from Kenny, and then I'm Pickens. I'm I'm I'm. I'm See, George, Pickett would be George, great <laughs> George for a, def- a defensive back, a cornerback, somebody who intercepts the ball. Kenny Pickett, he picks it. That's easy. Yeah. All right, or picks it out of the air. No. All right. So George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, quarterback. George Pickens, wide receiver. Correct. Awesome player. Great rookie. Both of them are rookies. It's absurd that Pittsburgh would draft a Pickens and a Pickett, but here we are, and that's life. Um, I the Eagles are a ten and a half point favorite. Anytime that it's more than one wow. possession, it looks it has the potential of being a bloodbath. Um, but the Steelers are coming off. Are did they win this past week, or did they? No, they lost. They couldn't get anything. Oh, going that was on the that, Dolphins on, game. Yeah, they just okay. couldn't get their offense going. Got it. I mean, and the, and the Dolphins have a, a decent defense. Actually, they're really not that good. Um, but, you know, it, it just wasn't explosive. And you put Pickens, you put Pickett in there against the number one ranked team in turnovers, number one team ranked in first turnovers, the number mm-hmm. one team in turnover margin with the number four in points allowed per game. I don't see it happening. And Mitch Trubisky is just garbage. Yeah. The last time he played with us was when he was in Chicago. And I remember Brandon Graham just like like spinning him around and throwing him like a moving Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like he couldn't get anything done. I think I think that was the game where Mitch Trubisky had negative like seven yards in the first half. Like just something ridiculously low like that. Impressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. I do. The over under for this game is 43. So, Alex, here's what I want. I want us to I want to score 30 points, and I think that we will. Um, the Eagles have won all each of their last 10 games as the favorites. Um, and seven of the Eagles last eight home games have gone over the total points line. So if the Steelers only score three points, that means the Eagles will, will score at a minimum 40. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm going to go slightly. I'm going to be a little bit more realistic though. I don't think that it's not possible, not impossible. Uh, I will say Eagles 34 Steelers 13. Yeah, it could happen. There could be a lot of junk time and what you got to do, 
uh, third third quarter offense could play like third quarter offense always does. That's uh, but is I, true. I, I don't know if we'll get your opportunity to see our come from behind offense this week. Yeah, not not <laughs> not against Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Just uh, just not going to happen. What if they combined, joined forces to become one quarterback, and with their forces combined, they, they would still, still be suck. a trash They'd still suck because yeah. they have Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so that's our matchup this week. I'm excited for it. Um, it's going to be a one o'clock game. I will not be in attendance this week, uh, but really excited just to be able to watch a one o'clock game. Looks like the weather's going to be nice. I think I predicted earlier this year it's going to be like a rainy and dreary. Every time we play the Steelers, it just kind of looks like that. So we have that. Why don't we get into our swinging it picks for the week? Swinging it. Underdog picks for the week. All right, man. So we're both really close this week. We're 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 like the Mitch Trubisky of betting underdogs. We are so bad at swinging it, but I mean, this is what happens when you're betting on underdogs. You are betting for people to say, "Hey, you're not going to win." The problem is, Andrew is underdogs have been getting wins all season, and we are just totally picking them wrong. Right? It, it, I mean, it's 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 pretty bad. The, the Carolina Panthers beating up on the Bucks. Did, what, you did, didn't see that coming? <laughs> it's after they traded their all-star running back. Insane. In, insane. So uh, luck is not on our side. So um, I had the Browns at Ravens. I did cover the spread, um, but unfortunately did not come away with the W. And then you picked the Texans over the Raiders, which I don't think was a convincing game at all. Nope. It was garbage from the start. Yeah, garbage from the start. So let's see what we can do to turn it around. Who is your picket? Uh, I'm sorry, swinging at pick of the week. Or pickets, uh uh-oh, swinging pickets. Um, I'm going to take one for the team here, Alex, because I hope that I am wrong. I am taking the Giants, who are getting three points at Seattle. I don't think Seattle is a very good team. However, and we have seen a couple trap games on this schedule, this seems like a trap, like, if I'm, I probably will bet and put some money on the Seahawks because uh, that's telling you something. If the Seahawks are favored against the Giants, so I am going to pick the Giants, hoping that I'm wrong. If I'm right, that's great because I get some swinging at points. But if I'm wrong, that means the Giants lose, which is great for the Eagles and great for America. How about you, Alex? Probably the best logic I've ever heard. <laughs> you you can't lose because either you get swinging at picks and you look like a genius, or the Giants lose. Incredible. Damage control. Incredible. Risk management. Um, So I don't like picking it so early in the week, but I kind of like this Thursday night matchup. Uh, So the Baltimore Ravens are actually underdogs heading to Tampa against the Buccaneers, and there are one and a half points, so we'll give me two points if I win this one. Uh, Underdogs for the week. I I just, dude, I'm I'm looking at Tampa Bay, and I don't know what's going on in Tom Brady's personal life, but, man, he just does not have his head on straight. He's losing his temper. I, I just feel like they're they're not really knowing what to do. And with and, all that being said, they are still favorited against a good team. I'm so confused about this. I'm so confused about this. Like, well, well, so they're favored by one point, but they're also home, so they get three points. I know, but like they're coming yeah. off of losses against two really bad teams. They did. Did they only score three points against Carolina? Was that like? Is that? I just feel like they're a lost I think cause. It was, I think it was six. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't much. 
well, let's here. Let's look at that. Uh, twenty-one to three. It was twenty-one yeah. to three. Yeah, I mean, and it's, there, it's there's just like, don't get me wrong. I th- I love like I think that that is such a smart pick because yeah, why would anybody consider taking Tampa Bay to win right now? But it's just I don't understand the odds makers. That's really what this is about. It's it's them being minus one, and there's another game here too. The, the Patriots are coming off of an embarrassing loss to the Chicago Bears a couple nights ago. Oh, man. And the Jets, oh, the Jets are like the toast of the NFL other than the Eagles. Um, the Jets are at home against the Patriots, and the Patriots are favorited. The Jets are getting two and a half points. I don't understand it. Yeah. So that's a trap. There's a lot of trap situation going on. Well, that's not the game you picked. Not the game you picked. So not anyone else? Picked. Yeah, not the game you <laughs> yeah. picked. So, uh, yeah, we'll 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 see how that goes. Um, excited for for all the matchups, and then it was really funny, man. If you actually look at like what our Philadelphia sports schedule looks like, um, it is going to be a awful marathon. Week. It's awful a marathon. week for our livers, man. I mean. So Friday, Saturday, we have World Series. Baseball. Sunday, we play the Steelers. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, baseball with a potential victory of the World Series. Then Thursday, football at uh, Thursday night football at uh, Houston. I almost went to that game, but I, I wasn't able to make it work. And then Friday, Saturday, potential football, uh, baseball Whoa. if we don't go. And I didn't. It didn't even occur to me either that they're playing Houston. They're at Houston yeah. next Thursday night. It could be pretty rowdy in Houston. What? This is crazy. I know. <laughs> this is setting up to be pretty crazy. Now, the bigger question we need to ask, and we can ask this on next week's podcast, is: Should Houston grease their poles? <laughs> because you know. We're going to have a whole bunch of Eagles fans down there. We're going to have a whole bunch of Phillies fans down there. And and really these 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 people from Texas aren't going to know what the heck is going on when we win our little sports game and we're sitting here climbing over their 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 uh, traffic lights over there. So oh my god. And grease their balls. I saw today that Cam's Cam Soda, which I which I believe is a porn site, is is delivering a whole lot of lube to Philadelphia for the polls. My friend sent this to me. I, I'm, I apologize. That has to be fake. I apologize if I'm bringing this up and I thought that that it was actually true, but I feel like it was like a verified source that like said that gallons of lube are being sent to Philadelphia from cam soda. So but how it, do I search this without getting, Okay. Yeah, I'll take one. I'll take this, one for this, the team. This is real. <laughs> it's real. What if? What would I type? Cam soda lube. Nope. I, don't type that. Oh, Phillies fan PSA: Adult company sends 550 gallons of lube to grease no poles way. ahead of World Series home games. Now, there's only two. There's only two articles on this. This can't be real. There's not enough lube in the world to keep us off our poles. Oh, these comments are really good. <laughs> what are oh, they sent to Houston? Astroglide? <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, that's amazing. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, really <laughs> exciting time to be Philadelphia. We will catch you guys after the uh, hopefully Phillies off to a great start of the World Series, winning against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Thanks for kicking in with us on Winging It, and we will see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Peace.